Hi, we here at Grace Life would love to help you discover Jesus' unconditional love and grace for you. We pray that this message will be a blessing to you and further establish you in the truth of God's Word. We have a saying in Grace Life, blessed are the flexible, for they will not be broken. And, uh, and, and we had every opportunity to apply that this, uh, this weekend. Um, I mean, even just before the weekend, we were planning to do a week outreach in the primary school. And uh, you know, for whatever reason, the primary school never came back to us, even though the community approved of the, the venture. Uh, so we said, we're not going to let that stop us, but we're going to do something. Um, and then we said, we have a tent. I don't know who of you remember the tent we had outside Rhenish that always, almost became a, a balloon or a kite. Someone said this morning, just stop calling it a tent, it's a kite. Because <laughs> <Okay. laughs> it's Cape Town. And um, yeah, we got up at four on Friday morning and um, went to, to, to pitch this tent. And eventually we, we pitched it in the wind uh, after lots of issues. And um, we were just sort of done. And there came a gust of wind and it literally just lifted the tent and put it down and all the poles fell out. Um, and luckily there was no kids underneath and then I think we realized well if there's kids under the, and this happens again this is I mean we, someone can get really hurt so we uh, we had to change our plans um, but like I like what Baron said the success was in that we shared the message uh, not that we stuck to our plan um, and uh, yeah we had to make uh, 300 hot dogs I don't know what the, it, it must be a record I mean I think it was like 40 minutes <laughs> So my industrial engineering uh, came in handy as we set out some processes and uh, we very quickly made 300 Budavos rolls. Um, and uh, we also, like, yeah, we didn't make it about the food, but if you're just there and you see, like, food is needed. Uh, clothing is needed. I mean, water is needed. And that's why um, I asked myself, why do we, why are we part of this? Maybe you're asking yourself that too. Why are we part of this? Why are we going on? Why are we maybe even giving the whole service this morning to this, it is because we planted that church. So there's no way that we can um, have a child and not raise it. That will be just very irresponsible, won't it? So why are we not in all the other areas? Well, because we only have so many people and we only have so much resources, but that's not the only reason. The other reason is there's a church there. So God's will is that everyone will be saved that's the one leg, but the other leg of the world is that all come to the fullness of the knowledge of truth. So there's evangelism, and then there's pastoring, and then there's creating people who will be the harvest, who will sow more seeds, who will be the harvest. And, and that's how we change the world. But sometimes we want to change the world so much that we, we get distraught by the size of the problem. Anyone with me? I mean... We can spend a, a Sunday and pray for load shedding, but I'll never do that because that won't help. We can pray against gangsterism and it will help somewhat, but we can go and share the word and that will help a whole lot. So just how it happened is um, we, were, we had an hour, hour and a half between the sessions and literally right next door to where the play school is, it's called the Rasta Camp. So that's the one area in Solaris. And... Emily's son, Stephen, who I've prophesied over many times, and I told him on, on Friday, these prophecies are starting to come true now, because he just rose up in boldness, and he said to me, Peter, and this guy was literally, I mean, just outside the window, that's how far it is. He says, they are currently talking about who they're going to kill tonight. Who they're going to hit with a panga. And they, he says, they've got knives this long. And... Um, and I, I just say, that's horrible. I mean, he lost a brother recently. Emily's lost a son. And in that moment, you feel like, what do you do? Call the police. It won't help. So what did he do? We had a prayer meeting. And we said, Lord, we have plans, but you've got better plans. So what do you want us to do? And Chad had a word. And he said, we haven't invited everyone who should come. So we have a few moments. Let's go out and forget about the practical stuff and let's go invite people. Because you can have the perfect setup and not have anyone there. So a few of us stayed behind and did the practical stuff and a lot of them went out. 
And like Herman said, the one he in, you invite is the one you led to the Lord because you saw the light on him. The Holy Spirit led you to that person. Stephen went out. Stephen is about 20, I think. And he invited all the gangsters. I don't know what he promised them. <laughs> I don't know if it was food or whatever, but they came in and you could immediately see. I mean, the kids come in and they're everywhere. The teenagers come in and they're all along the wall. Like, there's this whole open space. And, like, and we very quickly realized they're not going to sit on the floor. So we have to improvise. And, I mean, we had plans to do games and we had crafts prepared and everything. But once I started sharing the gospel, it was tangible. I mean, they chirped me a few times. And gladly, most of the times I didn't hear what they said because it might have gotten me off track. But we shared the simple gospel. And I couldn't believe it, but for more than 30, maybe 40 minutes, I had the attention of 80 youth in Solaris Pass. You could hear a pin drop. It was, I've never experienced anything like that. We've planned crafts. Forget about the crafts. We've got them. And there was a tangible silence, a holy moment right there, where we shared with them the good news that God doesn't want you to change. You can remain a gangster, but God wants you to have His Spirit. God wants you to live forever. The one guy there said he really wants to live forever. I said, okay, there's only one way, and you're not busy with it, buddy. (laughs) I asked him, who in Solaris has ever lived forever? Well, he said, no one. I said, so what makes you special? Well, it's probably the dacha that he was smoking or what the gang bosses has told him. Because if you think you're going to live forever, then you're fearless. But that's not true fearlessness. And what we did then is we split into groups. um, And this was also in the prayer meeting. And we felt God say that split them in genders. So take the boys outside and bring the girls inside. And then we split them further into groups. And every volunteer was a group leader before they knew it. (laughs) But the beauty of it, Shane and I actually stood outside and we said... We are doing our job well. Because there was tangible ministry happening all over and Shane and I were outside. Because our job is not to do all the ministry. Our job is to equip you to help us do the ministry. I mean, I shared the word. I went with Herman and the group. I moved around. And I shared with this one guy who wanted to live forever. And I shared with him, I've got good news, buddy. You want to live forever? I've got your answer. And after a long, long discussion... I looked at him and I said, the sad thing is that you no longer have an excuse because you have heard the gospel truth. And I said to him, I said, you know what? I know his name, but I won't share it. I said, I've done my job today. The message was shared. And then I moved on and I said, now it's up to you. And we pray, and like we prayed, and we're going to continue to pray. I want him to be up at night, restless. Wrestling with what he's heard. Wrestling with the invitation to live forever. Wrestling with the fact that he's forgiven. Wrestling with the fact that someone loves him. That's not his mob boss, but his God. Which is true love. Because true love doesn't expect anything, but gives everything. And you know what? You can have the best argument. You can know the word back to front. You can share the gospel without fault. And it won't mean much. But we have more. We have the Spirit. We have the Spirit. And what happened is I had two guys. He was turning 18 and his young friend. I mean, he had a Taliban sort of scarf around his head, which he never took off. I said, how old are you? He said, 16. I mean, we hear gangsters, we think it's big guys. They're 14, 15, 16, 17. That's, that's, that's the kids who die on the streets. That's the four or five mothers we prayed for yesterday who lost kids. And I said, do you have parents? And this one guy said, yes, he does. But my friend, the little guy, 16 years old, he only has a father. I said, okay. What happened? He says, no, he lost his mom two years ago. And he kept quiet. I said, oh, because of COVID. He said, no, it was before COVID. And I just felt in my heart to say the following. I said, you know what? God didn't take your mom. And he said, yeah, I'm not so sure. You see, so there I ministered on that. 
Because if he thinks God took his mom, how will he ever believe the message I just shared with him about God is good, God is love, God is faithful? Because if there's no trust, there's no faith, and without faith, there's no salvation. So that's what the seed that was sown was mending that broken heart to get some of the rocks out of his heart so that he could receive the seed and so that he could hopefully bear a harvest. In that moment, I looked up to my friend who I've just spent this last half an hour with probably, who wants to live forever, and I say, you have a mother who's a Christian and you don't have a good relationship with her. And for the first time in two and a half hours, I had his full attention. That's called the word of knowledge. How did I know it? Well, it's obvious if you think about it. The chances are pretty good. But for him, it was what the Holy Spirit revealed. And I said to him the following words. I said, do not hold against your mother what she's holding against you. Because what you heard your mother say and what she's spoken to you is not what I say to you today, is it? Which is more good news and less legalism. And he said, no, it's not the same. I said, it's not your mother's fault. No one's explained it to her before. And I said the following, I said, be careful how you treat this relationship and how you treat your mother because there's going to be a day when you're going to go back and say sorry. And rather make sure that you've got less to say sorry for. He wasn't back yesterday, but he'll never be the same again. He will never be at peace with his current situation again. He will fight with his mother and he'll remember the words that the Holy Spirit spoke through me. And his mom will keep on praying. But that's the thing. The police is not the answer. Politics is not the answer. The church is the answer. But more so, the gospel is the answer. The spirit that confirms the message of the gospel, that is part of the answer. And guess what? Me and you, we are the answer. Because God's not going to do it. God's done it. But now He wants to work in us and through us. He wants to co-labor with us. He wants us to step out, and, and that's what we want to do. Is we, the word we got yesterday was, or that I got, was a picture of a harbor wall that we're building in Solaris Pass. So where the storms and the winds and the waves and everything is not going to stop necessarily, we're creating a safe place of shelter, which is the love of God, when we want to make sure that we get there often. We want to make sure that they know they can have the most horrible week, they can lose friends and family, but say on Friday night someone's going to be there. On Sunday morning there's church. There's hope. There's these beacons of hope. And then we want to, um, like John 10, 5 says, they will not follow a stranger. So we need to become well acquainted there. I mean, I've always had a passion to, to work in these areas and to change things up and to make a difference. I'm just that kind of guy, you know. I don't know. I've got a problem. I remember on a holiday, we woke up. There were two, two lines of flats. And we were in the back one. And one morning we woke up with this whole commotion. And there's, a, there's another line of flats, and um, there's cars there, and then there's baboons that got into some of someone's car. So you, you leave your window up a little bit, and the next morning there's baboons in your car. You think about the mess. Now that baboon it got in, but it can't get out. You know what happens when a baboon gets nervous. <laughs> but you know what? Everyone was just taking photos and, 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 and looking at this. We were probably the furthest block... And immediately, I just got up in my pajamas, I got into my car, and I went there, and I did something about it. Because if it was my car, and the baboon got into my car, and I didn't know about it, I would love if someone else did something about it. So I'm not the kind of guy who's going to just talk about the problems in our land. I'm not the kind of guy who's just going to speak about it and pray about it. Yes, we pray about it, but let's do something about it. And we have words and prophecies spoken over Solaris Pass that it will be the city of joy. And guess what? It started. It's happening. We had four or five mothers there crying, like broken-hearted. But they left comforted. They're not, it's not done. It's not over. The Holy Spirit didn't wipe their memories or give them it. There's a process to healing. But you know what? We are part of that process. And I don't know about you, but Jesus said we can do the same works that He did and greater works. Everyone heard that before? What does that mean? What does it mean? Walk on water. We tried stilling the wind and the storm. That didn't work so well. I've done it before. In Swaziland it worked once. Where we, we just prayed against the rain and immediately it stopped. Torrential rain just stopped right there. We can do those things. 
But what's the intent? What's the why? What's the purpose? Why do we want to do what Jesus has done? So Luke 4, 18, Jesus takes up the scroll and he reads from Isaiah 61 and he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me. Okay, I told Byron, you've got the same anointing. There's no more anointing in the church, guys. There's one anointing, it's the Spirit. There's one gift, it's the gift of Christ and it's the Spirit of God. And we all now need to manifest whatever is needed. Amen? He says, because the, I've been anointed to preach what? To preach the gospel. Not just to preach, but to bring good news. If I go into Solari's Pass and I tell them everything they need to clean up and change, is that good news? Or is that burdensome? It's burdensome. But if I go in and I tell them, hey guys, and Adman did a great job and I heard, overheard it and it impacted me greatly. What we have is not what should change, but what we have to share with you is something that you're missing out on. That's marketing 101. If you only get this, you'll be happy. Monique agrees with me. She knows what marketing is. If you only have this, then you'll be happy. But we're not sharing happiness. We're sharing joy. It's much deeper. Happiness comes and goes. I said, I didn't get to watch much of the rugby because we were on the outreach, but probably after the first half, you weren't very happy. And then after the second half and, Ash, and, 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 the, and the kick, Damien's kick, then you were happy. And then I thought about it, a few guys kicking a ball around in Pretoria, why does that determine our happiness? <laughs> I still love rugby, by the way, but I was just thinking about it. We let this impact us. But it's happiness, that's how it works. It's happiness, that's how it works. But joy is spiritual. Joy is deeper. Joy goes with you every step of the way. Joy goes with you to bed. I looked at this guy, and I looked him straight in the eye, and I said, why don't you want to get out? And he says, I can't. I said, that's a lie. And I shared some of the stories of my friends in Bontevil who got out. They got out and they got shot. Four times, five times, but they still live. Any of the guys remember Eddie? from our Transformers conference. He was shot again the other day. Shot in the head. Bullet hit his skull. Ricocheted, I think the bullet's still in his neck. He was out of hospital by the next morning. They fired a second shot and the, gu the gun jammed. You can get out. Not humanistically speaking, but spiritually speaking, you can get out. But that's the message they don't know. They live by, if we don't get them first, they'll get us. I said to him, when does this stop? He says, never. I say, exactly. You can't live like this. But we have a message. And after this week, I read Isaiah 61, which Luke 4.18 is a quotation of, and Jesus says, this now is fulfilled in your hearing. So if you want to do the same works that Jesus did, we can look at Isaiah 61. Anyone follow the logic there? What did Jesus come to do? Heal the sick. Raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, yes. But let's read the word. It says, The, Lord, the Spirit of the Lord God, Isaiah 61.1, is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings, preach good tidings unto the meek. Some translations say the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty or freedom to the captives, and the opening of prison to them that are bound. We ticked a few of those boxes this weekend. And I promise you, the sense of purpose you get when you do what you're called to do, what you're equipped to do, what you're anointed to do, is just off the charts. The Passion says, The mighty spirit of Yahweh is wrapped around me. That's actually a picture of baptism, by the way. It's upon, in, over, above, by, for, through, and throughout, around, and beside me. It's just who I am. Because Yahweh has anointed me. The Holy Spirit is not on uh, load shedding, luckily. He's anointed me as a messenger to preach the good news to the poor. The poor there is the humble. It's the lowly, it's the depressed. So don't think, I've got money, this is not for me. This is a spiritual poverty. But it's also a physical poverty because if we do something like that in Stellenbosch, we probably will not have 220 kids show up. 
Why? Because they've got better things to do. Jesus said it's more difficult for the rich. But guess what? Every person has the same value in God's eyes. Every person has exactly the same value in God's eyes. He has anointed me as a messenger to preach the good news. He sent me to heal the wounds of the brokenhearted. That's what we did yesterday. But not just for the mothers who lost children. There were so many kids who looked at us with these eyes of, Please love me. Please love me. few of them looked at Natasha holding Jordan and they said, is he with you? And she said, yes. And then they said, dislike. Huh? We can't take them all in. But we can love. We can share. And we can do it with God. He sent me to heal the wounds of the brokenhearted, To tell the captives, you are free. And that's what I did with my friend. He's captive in the system of gangsterism. Violence, death, blood, drugs. I said, it doesn't have to be like that. I shared the gospel with a captive. I told him that in the spiritual realm, in Christ, he's free. And there's miracles waiting as soon as he steps into it. Then it goes on and says, to tell the prisoners... To open the prison to them that are bound. And I was always, always thinking about what is the captive and what's the prisoner. And why are both in there? For me it sounds similar. But if you look at the deeper word meaning there, the, the prisoner is actually the blind. The, the passion says, you have freed me from your darkness. Or to, 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 to heal the, the blindness. Because there's so much happening that those, those kids, those people, they don't see beyond where they live. They don't see beyond the system. So us going in there and telling, hey guys, there's hope. Hey guys, there's more. Hey guys, there's love. This is what the church should look like. There are some churches in Solaris. There's actually too many. But there's still massive gangsterism, violence, poverty, and everything that goes with that. So we don't need more churches. We need more Jesus. We don't need more churches. We need more gospel. We need more churches preaching the gospel. We need more people operating in the spirit. And again, good news is not what the church can get from you. Thank you so much for your giving. You hopefully see what we do with your money. But the good news is what has God done and wants to get to you through the church? Let's love on you. Let's serve you. What we said is those youth, they used to being shouted at and downtrodden. Let's serve them. We didn't wash their feet, but we served them. We honored them. We, we made a place ready for them. And that's why they can look you in the eye. And that's amazing, Baron, that they came back and gave you a hug. I mean, it was tangible. The biggest, richest, are you allowed to say cockiest guy there? He was this far from Herman's face. And he couldn't look left or right. He was so drawn into that conversation. It was, it was supernatural. Again, we can now look back and say, yeah, they didn't come back and they made me not there this morning. That's not how we measure success. Because we cannot determine the outcome. But we can sow the seed. And that's what we're anointed to do. You see here, Jesus didn't say, I am anointed to save. He said, I'm anointed to preach. Look at the words there. It is to preach. It is to bind up. It is to proclaim. That's what we do. We speak. Didn't Paul say, we use great plainness of speech. We proclaim a gospel message and then we have that message stamped, marked by the Holy Spirit of promise. Confirming it with signs and wonders and all those beautiful things. Let's read on. It says, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Passion says, to send, to announce a new season of Yahweh's grace. 
and the time of God's recompense on his enemies. The enemies there is not people. Because as Ephesians 6 says, we don't wrestle against people. So the, 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 the opposite gangs is not the enemy. It's the spirit at work in those people. I mean, it was very interesting. One of the locals there said, just mix them up a bit. I was like, that's brave. <laughs> so I very quickly jumped in and I just said, you guys go there, you guys go there, Barant, you go there, Arman, you go there. Like, just like settle the dust there. Because we didn't have a, um, a metal detector as they came in. Because some of them probably would not have gotten in then. You see, Natasha always asked me, is it safe? I said, well, they won't attack me. But you might get in, <laughs> in between, you know. But it doesn't matter because we're not called to be safe. We're called to be free. We are called to, to be dead. Oh, I thought I'd get an amen there. Galatians 2. It's no longer I who live, but Christ now lives in me. The life I now live, I don't live by myself, but I live by the Spirit of God. The Son of God, Christ, that is now living in me. But guess what? He doesn't want to stay captive. He wants to get out. He doesn't only want to live in you. He wants to live through you. So, let's continue. To comfort all who mourn in sorrow. To strengthen those crushed by despair. To give them a beautiful bouquet in place of ashes. The oil of bliss instead of tears. The mantle of joyous praise instead of the spirit of heaviness. You see, this is not just for, for, for someone. This is not just for Solaris Pass or uh, Clutusville or wherever. This is for you. If you're downtrodden, if you're depressed, if you're poor in spirit, if you're blinded by the, from the truth, if you have anything that you struggle with, this is for you. Instead of the spirit of heaviness, because of this, they will be known as mighty oaks of righteousness, planted by Yahweh as a living display of His glory. Listen to verse 4, it's beautiful. They will and shall build the old waste. They shall raise up the former desolations and they shall repair the wasted cities, the desolations of many generations. How long has gangsterism been ongoing? Too long. Generations. But each one, we take off that hamster wheel for that person. It's not only that person who changes, it's that generation that changes. For each person who comes to Christ, they don't continue along that way, but they come out of that way. And then we can, as the Passion says, they will restore ruins from long ago and rebuild what was long devastated. They will renew ruined cities and desolations of past generations. Solaris Pass will be the city of joy if we continue our work there. It will be. That's not even prophecy. Because that's how it works. You share the gospel, people get saved, and the time changes. Verse 5. Strangers shall stand and feed your flocks. And the sons of the aliens shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. Now, if you don't understand allegory or allegory, however you want to say it, or pictures in the old, then you will miss this verse and you'll think you're going to have some slaves work for you or some Mexicans if you're in America. This is not what it says. What it says is the prophecy of pastoring and, and the church who is now shepherds and who God is going to send from foreign places to come to you and to come and pastor you, to tend you, to guide you, to feed you. I don't know about you, but I'm not from Stellenbosch. I'm a minister and a missionary to Stellenbosch. Someone called me once and said, can you please support me financially? I want to go minister in Stellenbosch. And I laughed at him. I said, oh, that's the town you want to go to, I'm sure. That was long ago. But God has a sense of humor, doesn't He? Because I felt on a very long way, God took me here and brought me here. And, and one day I said to Shane, I said, Shane, I think I need to move to Stellenbosch because I can't find a rental agreement, someone who will accept me in Durbanville anymore. He said, well, it's about time someone of us moved there, so go for it. You see, God has a plan. I felt God say to me that you're going to take over the church from Shane. I was like, get away from me, Satan. You rebellious spirit, get down. That's the thing you only tell your wife. You don't tell your pastor because you don't want to take his job, do you? And when he phoned me three and a half years later, I think it was, and said, listen, we're going to go for coffee. And um, I felt God say this. I said, no, I know. He said, what do you mean? I said, God's told me a long time ago. But I didn't tell you because it's not my thing to push. 
It wasn't my plan. It wasn't my idea. I'm a foreigner here, but I'm shepherding you. And then we can go into many different areas. Because if you're only in your hometown, you're only in one town. But if you're a foreigner, you can go to every town. And my God said you can go to every nation. Strangers will cultivate your fields and tend your vines. You can just leave it. It's fine. People can open their Bibles. Thank you. Verse 6. You shall be named the priests of the Lord. You will be a holy priesthood, won't you? You see, prophecy is taking what was foundational in the Torah, and it's starting to understand the picture, and it is prophesying, it is projecting it, if you will, into the future. And that's how we need to read the Bible, because this is not just speaking of Jesus. This is speaking of us. This is not just speaking of Jesus. This is speaking of us. You will feast on the wealth of nations and revel in their riches. Now, now people get excited, finally. You will be priests of the Lord. You shall be called ministers of our God. You shall eat the riches of the Gentiles. And in their glory you shall boast yourselves. Why? Because the church is more than Israel. It is for the whole world. Let's look at verse 8. For I the Lord love judgment. I hate robbery for burnt offering. And I will direct thy work in truth. And I will make an everlasting covenant with them. What's the grace covenant? It's the everlasting covenant. It's not going to be replaced. It's not going to be changed. For the Lord loves justice and hates robbery for burnt offering. I will direct their work in truth and I will make with them an everlasting covenant. I will rightly repay them because of my faithfulness. You know what God did? God made a way. God paid for the sins that you and I had to pay for. We read this and we can think, That God is a bit angry. But if we read it right, we see that He makes an offering on our behalf. And if you don't understand it, go read Hebrews 10. It will really help you. I will rightly repay them because of my faithfulness. I will pay for their sins because of my faithfulness. That's what it says. Why does He love judgment? Because it's done. Because in John, Jesus says, now is the judgment of this world. So we can't read Isaiah 61 without reading John and thinking God is judgmental. Because we need to know that the judgment has happened. And where did it happen? On the cross. You see, it helps to know the Bible a little bit. And then he enters into an everlasting covenant with them. And what really got me going is verse 9. Because last week and for probably this whole year, we've been looking at what's the seed of Abraham. What's the promise? Who's that? And we looked at Galatians 3 many, many times in verse 14, 15, and 16. 16 now says, it's not many seeds as of many, or seeds as of many, but seed as of one, which is Christ. Now look at Isaiah 61. The descendant shall be known among the Gentiles. Why? Because that's where the churches will be. And their offspring among the people. All who see them shall acknowledge them. That they are the posterity whom the Lord has blessed, that they are the seed whom the Lord has blessed. King James says, and their, sh- their seed shall be known among the Gentiles, and their offspring among the people. All that see them shall acknowledge them. They are the seed which the Lord has blessed. They are the seed which the Lord has blessed. They are the church. They are in Christ. They are anointed. They are part of the Spirit. They are the fulfillment of God's plan, and not from the foundation, because God had good plans, but from the fall. So since the fall of man, God had a plan. And the plan has always been the seed. And in Genesis 3.15, He says to the wife, and you will bear a seed. You will have a son doesn't speak about a father. don't know about you. The last time I checked my biology, the seed comes from the father. So in Genesis 3.15, right after the fall, God has a plan. And the plan is the seed. In Galatians 3, he explains to us that it's not the nation of Israel. It is Christ who came through the nation of Israel. And now we are ingrained into that seed. And now we live with Him, with His Spirit, to do what? To do the work, same works He did and greater works. Okay. The descendants there, you miss out on the translation. You read seed and the lights go off. It's it's not incorrect, but it's wrong. (laughs) It's incorrectly translated because it steals from the the, the deeper meaning. 
That's why you have to be very careful with your translations. Which translation is correct? None. But there are better ones. Okay, I'm back in King James. You, you'll see. Whatever I, I, I read, I check against that. So there's an entering. It says here, the, the seed will be famous among the nations and their descendants, the center of attention of the people. That's exactly what happened. And I promise you, it's not because we are white. It's because we carry the truth. It's not because we have more money than some in, when we go to a place like Solaris Pass. That's maybe why they came. But that's not why they left with joy. They left with joy because of the spiritual reality which they encountered. The tangibleness of God's love and the supernatural power of His Spirit. That's what we got. Yes, money opens the door. Money buys the tent. Money gets you there. So what? We visited a church for a while before Grace Life and we went on outreach with them. And that was the last day that we were in church with them. Because it was more about packages and clothing and Facebook photos than it was about the gospel. So if someone says, I was on outreach this holiday, ask them, how many people got saved and how many did you share the gospel with? It's time we wake up the church a little bit. We're going to do a Wendy house in Solaris Pass. But we already spoken that we're going to have men on the ground there almost as long as we can so that we can encounter as many people as we can so that we can share the gospel with as many as we can while we're there. The house is nice. Thank you for giving towards it. We've got even a, 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 an offering of a Wendy house second hand. So the money can now go to the transport and to making it nice. You, know, you want to know how God works. So our landlord contacts us and he says he wants to, that they want to um, take out the carpets and they want to put in laminate flooring. Nice, no? Well, our house is upside down for the last week, so not so nice, but it is nice. We're thankful. You know what happens? They said, you can have the, the landlord said to me, you can have the carpets if you want it, but just make sure it's not on our property. I'm like, okay. We have a Wendy project in Solaris Pass. Now we have carpets that go with that. We haven't paid a cent. So the guys arrive, and they start pulling out the carpets, and they want to cut the carpets to make it easier. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. These carpets are going somewhere. I said, oh, where's it going? I said, it's going to Solaris Pass. And they said, my uses are funny pass. I said, And they said, yeah. I said, can you for Emily? Yes. I said, this is going to Emily. Because we have a church there, we're doing a Wendy project, and whatever stays left over, Emily gets, and she can do with what she, she wants to. There's more than enough. I sent Emily the photo of the carpets in the back of a bucky on their way to her. I was still figuring out how to get it there and where to store it and what with the rain. And there it goes. Before I can send the voice note to explain to her, she says, but I know these guys. I said, yes, they're on their way to you. Next thing is, oh yeah, here's the carpets. We were there. The carpets delivered. But that's not the only thing. It is the blessing of knowing that God is involved in the intricacies of this project to such a level of detail that he had a free delivery plan for us. But you know what? That's not the pinnacle of the point. The, 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 the thing is, now there's three guys who's connected to me, who I was able to bless. Natasha bought bread rolls and coffee and everything for them. Now they know that we're affiliated with Emily, who's got a very good reputation in the, in, in, in the, in the community. And guess what? They're coming back tomorrow to finish the job. I invited them to the weekend, I didn't see them there. I said, bring your kids, maybe he was there. But tomorrow I'll ask him, how was your weekend? And I can share with him how my weekend was because I was right where he lives. And guess what, that's not the thing, but now I can take that conversation spiritual. And I can minister to him the gospel. All because God is involved in the intricacies of our lives. How do we get about what God's plans are? You need to hear the voice of God. You need to become attentive to His Spirit, to His leading, to the supernatural. And if we're so busy as we are, we're going to miss it. Their seed shall be known among the Gentiles, and their offspring among the people. All that see them shall acknowledge them, and they are the seed which the Lord has blessed. That means they are the carriers of the Holy Spirit. That's the prophecy. 
That's the explanation of the prophecy. People will encounter you and they will know there's something different. They will know that you are carriers of God's Spirit and they won't even know how to explain it. And hopefully they ask you, where does you get your hope from? And then you can share with them the gospel. This is a lifestyle thing. This is not a weekend thing or a holiday camp thing. This is an everyday thing. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord, verse 10. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for He has clothed me with the garments of salvation. That's the Holy Spirit. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. That's the forgiveness of Christ. As a bridegroom decked himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the earth brings forth her bud, and as the garden causes the things that are sown in it to spring forth. Amen. So the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth among the nations. How do we change the nations? The answer is right there. You need to sow seeds. You need to sow seeds as the earth brings forth and buds, as the garden causes what? Those things that are sown. If nothing is sown, nothing will grow. I'm not talking about money, please. I'm talking about the Word. Mark 4 deals with all of that and says the Word is the seed. So wherever you see seed, it's either the Spirit or the Word, and it's often the same thing. So the Lord will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all the nations. Ladies and gentlemen, we have been preaching and reading Isaiah 61 this morning. My God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. My God has always had a plan. But guess what? The Word says they long to see it. (coughs) Hebrews 11. Let's go there quickly. I'll end there. They long to see it. Hebrews 11, verse 38. Let's see if we get there. Of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and in caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report, that is the gospel message, the testimony, through faith, received not the promise. Oh, what a pivotal verse. So they heard the gospel in promise form, but they did not receive the promise because what is the promise? It's the Spirit, and the Spirit was not yet poured out. And go read, all your heroes are there. We should really move on from our Old Testament heroes. I really, I wished we had Samson there when the tent was blowing all over. Don't tell them, but there was one tent peg that we couldn't get out. After half an hour, we were still busy trying to get this thing out. So the only thing we could do is like just hit it further down. <laughs> so I'll take up an offering for a new tent peg later. No, I'm joking. We were not there to set up tent. We were there to preach the gospel. That's why when the tent blew off, it wasn't unsuccessful. Because we look back and we say, have we shared the gospel? Oh, did we share the gospel? At the end, we didn't even give the youth food. We forgot. That's how how holy the moment was. We were walking around, and where we parked at the library, they were closing the gate. They wanted to lock up. So Shane went to all the group leaders to get their car keys, and him and Lucas probably moved 12, 15 cars out the way. But the conversation was just so tangible. The ministry was so real that we wouldn't want to make an announcement and say, come move your cars. At just before 5 o'clock, we realized this is not going to stop. But we need to get home, and we need to pack up, and we need to come back tomorrow. So we had to close the meeting. It was amazing. Why? Because it's amazing grace. It's supernatural. The message 
is enough. The message is enough. I felt bad on, on, on Sunday, throughout the night, on, on Friday night. I felt like, should we have given... There wasn't enough food, because there were more. Should we have cut it in half and give it to them? And, and like, I was wrestling with this, and, and, and I felt God say, didn't you give them more than food? Didn't they get more than what they came for? And I said, yes. And then he said, now forget about it. If we eat, we'll be hungry again. But there's a bread that will lead to never being hungry again. There's a water that leads to never being thirsty again. And if you've never tasted and seen that water, if you've never tasted and seen the true revelation of the manna, the bread from heaven, which, by the way, is called, what is this? In Hebrew, which is the mystery. What is this bread from heaven? Guess what? It has been revealed. It is Christ in you. And it's not only Christ in you. Christ in you, Christ in me, Christ in us, Christ in the world is not just there, but it's the hope of glory. May I have stirred a little bit of hope in your hearts today. But not just that. Don't leave here feeling better. Leave here by accepting an invitation to join us on this great, grand, transformational journey of where we share the gospel, where we preach Christ, because guess what? We're not on our own. We've been anointed. Listen to this. We have been wrapped around. We have the Spirit upon. We have the Spirit within. We have the Spirit on, over. We have the Spirit above. By, for, through, throughout, around, and beside us. I am encompassed about, says the King James. It means you are in a bubble. A compass is round. You're in a bubble. That's the picture. But let's get out of our bubble. And let's invite more people into our bubble. Let's be what the world is desperately looking for. There was so many, it was so fun this week, and I'll close with this, when people want to drag you down into load-shedding conversations. You know what I do? Oh, yeah, that's so bad. You know what we did in Solaris Pass this weekend? Oh, that's so bad. You know what gangsters heard this weekend? It's so bad. You know what mothers who lost children heard this weekend? It's so bad that, yeah, we, ought to, we had a generator. I mean, we had plans. But guess what? The Holy Spirit never goes on load-shedding. Yes, it's bad. Yes, it's falling apart. But this is problems of this world. We are living for a greater reality. We are living in another kingdom. And guess what? Moping and complaining will not change a thing. But maybe it's a realization, it's a check of what is happening in the spiritual. Darkness has befallen our land. And we and I, you and I, we carry the answer. A city on a hill will not be hid. A city on a hill will not be hid. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works but not glorify you. Through your works they glorify your Father who is in heaven. You see what happens on a weekend like this. And you can think Easter's on a mission high, that's fine. No, I'm not. It is prophecies, it is words that God has spoken to me in 2010, personally, in my room. And now I'm walking in it. Twelve years later, and it's by no miracle, but it's by many decisions, I promise you. It doesn't happen by itself. Prophecies is how it could be. It's not how it will be. You decide. Maybe you, that's a word for someone. You've been disappointed because the prophecy hasn't come to fruition. What have you done about it? What decisions have you made about it? If I never resigned my job, I would have put in leave in for Friday, and would I? Maybe not, because you only have so many days. But it was a no-brainer for me because I'm free. I didn't get paid on Friday because I didn't work in the secular world. But oh, the joys of being in the kingdom. Oh, the joys of sharing the gospel. 
Oh, the joys of making a difference. Oh, the joys of... Think about the fact that God chose me. A guy from a nowhere town in Kempton Park to come to a nowhere village in Solaris Pass and to sit face to face with a 17-year-old boy who doesn't know how to get out of the road, the, the trap of violence that he's stuck in. And I didn't just speak to him. I carried hope. I carried the answers. I carried the gospel. So do you. So do you. I want to say who's with me, but I'm sure you are. That's why you're here. In one of my conversations over the weekend as well, someone said to me, you know when you stay with Grace Life, you realize there's a, there's a decision, there's a, there's a cross, there's a, there's a junction in the road where you realize these guys are serious. And you need to decide whether you're going to be serious with us or not. So I warn you, if you haven't yet come across that junction, we are serious. We're not playing church. We are on mission. Because what we carry is hope. And what we have is is working. But it's spiritual. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like us to pray with you, please contact us at info at gracelife.co. If you'd like to order more resources or discover more about us, you can visit our website at www.gracelife.co or find us on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube.